Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of WCM Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks here, as always, with Kara Brodigan from the Canadian Camping and RV Council. We have several guests with us today who we're going to introduce shortly in a second. Uh, but just a reminder, this is the first episode of the month, so we're just kind of having an open discussion on the news, all that kind of stuff, some different topics that have come up uh, within the industry. Uh, for those of you who are on Facebook watching us on multiple different Facebook pages, we are on the Canadian Camping and RV Council page. Uh, National Association of RV Parks page, uh, Insider Perks, a bunch of other ones. Uh, we can pull in your comments. So if you have questions or want to join the discussion, we can do that, put you on screen, uh, involve you in all of that. And as a reminder, we also are available as a podcast on Spotify, Google, all those kinds of places. So if you want to listen to us later, you can. So um, just kind of an open discussion here. we got a few guests. Casey Cocker from Camp Spots joining us. You guys probably all know him. He's been a guest on the show before. Joe, first time on the show. I'm going to go and let you guys introduce yourself in a second. Uh, Joe does some really cool apps for campgrounds. And then Ryan, who somewhere in history did something that was important <coughs> that has been forgotten now, uh, but currently uh, manages the Petoskey KOA in Michigan. Ryan and I go way back, so we have a little bit of an interesting banter going on. But let's, uh, you'll, you'll see that, I'm sure, throughout the show. Uh, but let's go around. Casey, uh, tell us a little about what's, what's new with CampSpot. What's going on with you? Yeah, we're still kind of heavily in the, uh, the crazy onboarding uh, session right now. So maybe two or three hundred parks that are still kind of frantically trying to go live here. Uh, wow. how, how busy they are and how, uh, um, you know, how many calls they're having come in and, and how much and maybe some assistance on automating some of that, uh, some of those reservations and processes. So uh, but it's good. All's well. Uh, a lot of the parks that are live are off to a, a crazy, crazy good start. Um, really, you know, they're, some of them are full, like completely full already, which is incredible. Um, we're getting more and more reports with parks that are normally would take a monthly rate and they're just allowing that to be their daily rate now. Um, and I saw that in the group this morning. So did I, I was yeah. going to ask you about it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We've seen that a few different times, um, with, with parks that are like, Hey, we're just keeping a daily rate and we're not doing a monthly rate based on certain occupancy triggers. Um, and so just automating that for parks is really cool to see, um, you know, just them getting comfortable with rules, getting comfortable using technology to really, really make a, a massive impact on, on their uh, on their bottom line. So it's been good. Busy, but fun. That's All awesome. right. We want to come back to you because I want to talk about your gift card partnership and stuff later on. But Joe, what's new with you? Yeah, kind of the same thing as Casey. A lot of onboarding right now. So <coughs> getting, uh, getting our, you know, our older customers, uh, longer customers, I should say. Uh, set up for a new season, you know, with features that we added last summer uh, or in the fall. Um, we're trying to move them over and get them to using new things and get them ready for their season to start up. Uh, and then we got a new a lot of customers in the pipeline that just haven't gone live yet. That gotta gotta make sure they get their content in and ready to go by uh, well, in the next two weeks. Awesome. Gearing up for camping. All right, Mr. Ryan Kratz, what's new <clears throat> with you? It's been like I don't know years since you actually talked face to face. So. Yeah, I thought I got away from you, but obviously not. So that feels good. Nope. Uh, yeah. So uh, I manage uh, properties for some communities, actually. So Casey, I've dealt with a lot of the transition between uh, NCR and Camp Spot and K2 and everything. So now I've gone back to KOA. So I'm actually running one of their properties in northern Michigan. Um, we're going through a huge expansion. We've got uh, dozers running up and down our driveway, and we just opened on Friday, so it's an incredibly stressful time. Uh, but want to take the opportunity that I have now to, you know, hop on a Zoom call and help Brian as much as possible. <laughs> well, thank you for being here, sir. I want to take a look at some of your renovations and stuff. You were showing that to us before the show, so we want to take a look at some of those cool things that you guys are doing up awesome. there. But um, what's new in? in Canada, Kara, like you've got some campy season starting, but not starting up there, right? <laughs> yeah, things are in, in rough shape in certain parts of the country here, for sure. Um, we're kind of, I feel like I'm a broken record for a year now saying, you know, depending on where in the country you're located, um, the rules and, and stuff are really variable. Um, <clears throat> some of our provinces are pretty locked down right now. Still, we're seeing what they're calling a, a, a third wave. Um, so we are, you know, trying to get vaccines rolled out and, and things like that. But uh, it's, it's a difficult dynamic. Some of our provinces, BC is uh, on a really restricted movement order, not specifically a lockdown, but they're requesting that 
folks, including campers, not leave their local health region or health authority. Um, so that's, you know, there's a little bit of camping, I think, able to go on, but really close to home. Um, whereas some of like Ontario has specifically said, stay home, no camping allowed. Um, so, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough <coughs> on operators who are really, really um, banking on number one, a full season of operation compared to last year. Um, and also just the ability to, to get rolling. They were chomping at the bit. Everybody's really ready to um, move on. Yeah, get out and enjoy so, the outdoors. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about, what do we want to talk about first here? So we've got like, like a bunch of tabs open up here for news and stuff like that. Let's talk about gift cards. So I know uh, Ryan KOA, does KOA still do gift cards? I know they did. They do. Yep. They're still doing gift cards. Um, you can buy them at any KOA and basically use them anywhere across the country, which I think camp spots just starting to roll out with that, or at least Sun's doing a, their own for their, their 400 or 500 properties that they can actually do gift cards too. So Sun's, Sun's kind of along and doing exactly what KOA is already doing. So pretty excited about that. Has cool. there been a lot of, and I want to touch on that with Casey in a second, but it's part of why I brought it up. Has there been a lot of uptake on that? Because I remember early on, and, and early on was like, what, seven, eight years ago when they first introduced AOA's gift cards? Mm -hmm. uh, I remember early on, owners were saying nobody was buying them. Was that just an awareness thing? Have they taken off since then? Or? Um, so no one ever thinks of it. Uh, no one gift card it's it's just it's almost as easy to just call the KOA and like, hey, I want to put $50 towards this person's site. Um, mm -hmm. So it is kind of cool, like around Christmas, it feels like we have a pretty good uptick in um gift cards but a majority of camping like people are paying for each other to go camping anyway so it's not a huge huge plus i think kway is actually more pushing like the value card program where actually it's called value card rewards or they just changed the name on they, it yeah, so they just renamed it or something it was value yeah, they card just, yeah i think it's value card rewards now and it's um that is kind of actually where they're they're pushing a majority so like we have very important campers vik's that um you know they get they can cancel reservation without cancellation fees and they just have to keep their point systems up. It's kind of like what they used to do in airline miles where you, you get mm -hmm. a, so many airline miles and like now all of a sudden you get free drinks and first class. And, and that's kind mm -hmm. of what they're trying to build in the KOA industry. And especially like right now, man, you want to talk about the perfect time to own a KOA in the United States. Sorry, I didn't know about the Canada thing. That's crazy, but it makes sense because none of the Canadian, they, all the Canadians had to cancel for a Canadian long weekend. Um, but like no one wants to travel in a plane right now. And so camping in the United States has, I mean, it is insane. It's yeah. We're renting sites that we don't have yet. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, and, and, and again, you know, the, the more ways you can innovate, right? With gift cards and programs that drive loyalty that, that help people be sticky and stay after the pandemic yep. is over, right. I think is going to help the longevity industry too. So what's going on with, with you, Casey, what's this new gift card program that we, about yeah, that. yeah, we rolled it out. Actually, been it's been out for a, recent, a couple months now. We just did kind of the press release on it, but yeah, I mean, initially it was a lot. You know, us uh, working a lot with like the the Yogi franchise. Um, that you know, they there's a big push for them to be able to sell and gift cards and things of that sort. Really, just have it integrated in the system where you can, you know, add a balance from you know from the reservation system, um, and then obviously accept that whether it's online or you know. Um, you know, at the, at the campground. So it's, you know, it's been cool just because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of parks that, don't, you know, aren't a son or aren't a yogi, but they branded themselves extremely well and they want to have branded <coughs> cards to be able to sell, to create that loyalty and push that around to people. And um, so I think, you know, getting through the first Christmas, you know, like having enough campgrounds that have these, they, you know, they invest a little bit into having some gift cards, you know, on site that are uh, customized to their, to their brand or their park. Um, and getting through that, will just keep escalating, but it's been good. I mean, so far there's been a ton of, ton of parks that have adopted it and, and it's working smoothly, working well for them. So again, anything that you can create to keep people coming to your park, um, you know, you want to do, we're seeing that a lot, even like with, with the cancellations, us really you know, not in a consultative approach, but to some extent with a feature that we have, which is just camp credit versus youth credit, um, which a lot of systems do. But I mean, instead of doing a refund, um, you know, potentially with a cancellation policy or fee, considering all the kind of the crazy times, it's basically just putting that full amount 
on their on their account right. and they have to use it there right so you're bringing them back to your park you're opening that site back up for someone else to book but you're not dealing with a 25 or 50 percent uh cancellation right. fee, but they have to use those funds at your park um right. and that's been working really well have we seen that a lot in canada actually There's, you know so a lot of out of province cancellations that have had to happen um you know <clears throat> putting that as a credit so when they can come back um and then open it up and we've seen some good good still some good numbers so even though there's been a lot of cancellations um it's been cool to see a lot of the like local people are like oh there's a spot now yeah <laughs> let's right. we're gonna, you know where they can so you know it, it's interesting how it you know it flows you know where the people that are on top of it get their spot and the people like me that want to book last minute you know realizing oh there's a spot now where normally there wouldn't be Right. Well, there is a there is a trend toward that, that that we're seeing, at least in the parks that we're running Google Ads for and stuff like that. Is everybody seems to be waiting three to five weeks out, at least, or, or less, to book their campsites. And so we're, we're seeing obviously a lot of reservations coming in. But there's a lot of looking and waiting and kind of seeing. And it's interest. I think it's going to be interesting to see how those numbers shake out. Right. <clears throat> yeah. All it's so hard to. It's so hard to make a, a plan longer than that with, with restrictions and things. I mean, maybe this is specific to Canada now since down south, you know, you guys are so much farther ahead than us. But, you know, it's with no idea, you know, what restrictions are going to look like. It's tough to plan any longer than that, which is a shame. It's it's tough on operators for sure. Well, that, but I think consumer behavior has kind of changed too. Now that there's more people working at home, um <coughs> Maybe there, I don't know if there's more people that are being homeschooled, but for a while there was virtual schools and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I think there's just, just more flexibility. flexibility. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think people are willing to wait longer instead of planning that one vacation six months in advance type deal, which is, I don't know if it's good or bad for campgrounds. I think it has to shake out and see, right? How that works out. But <laughs> well, yeah, it seems to be, ahead, it seems to be campground to campground because a lot yeah. of our campgrounds, they're full up all summer. They're, they're mm -hmm. booked out the entire summer. Yeah. Um, be it seasonal or overnight stays, they're they're booked the whole whole summer now. So I think uh, I think it probably depends on the type of campground uh, and location in terms of where they're getting those those shorter bookings or that that longer. You know, people are are just you know getting the whole season done out of the way now because they're right. scared that those spots are going to fill up. I, I would imagine it's more toward that luxury experience. You know, the experiential type campgrounds that are probably getting pretty full up already for this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's definitely campground to campground. But before I go away from gift cards, though, Joe, I wanted to talk to you too. So Casey and, and Ryan, these gift cards, can you just redeem them for night stays or can you redeem them for things in the store and amenities and stuff like that? Yeah, ours act is exactly like a you know a credit or debit card. So you can use it for whatever it is you're looking to use through the point of sale or through reservations. So do you think, Joe, is there a way to or do you want to eventually integrate this with something like an app that you were designing where people could redeem well, it for amenities or firewoods or stuff like that? Well, I'm going to table that for just a second. Ryan had okay. mentioned how, you know, it's not always been so useful. Yeah. Um, and that's actually one of the, uh, one of the examples we use for all of our customers is when we talk about push notifications is to send them out to everyone right around black Friday and do a black Friday gift card sale and sell your gift cards then because there's plenty of people that don't know what to give their wife or husband and they, they know they camp every year. So like, oh, this is just to get us thinking about it. I don't ever see those promoted. I don't ever see um, Facebook ads running in Thanksgiving talking about gift cards for campgrounds and we, we can't. So we're, we're on the ads for things, but we never see those. And we mm -hmm. always use that as, a, that as an example of, of something to use there. Uh, in terms of us taking on something like gift cards, uh, about two years ago, we added loyalty. We have a few campgrounds that use it um, so they can do all of that through the app. But because, you know, the point of sales don't integrate with that, um, and we haven't had a big uptick in it just because <clears throat> they want to add it to their point of sale. And so it's there. So you don't have to do one thing over here and then one thing over here. Right. And okay. so, um, like I said, we have a few customers that use it. Uh, a lot of them haven't, though, because of that integration. So um, that is definitely something we would move to if the ability was there. Uh, because the, the cool thing is, is with that, you have it on the go. So you can get points for attending events. So you going to one of the campground events uh, gets you more attendance there. So it looks like the campground's more fun. Um, and that's one of the things that we can we can add to it that way. And that's that's more so loyalty, not, not so much uh, gift cards. 
Joe, can I ask you about um, the this project you're doing with Johan Fedema in, in David Thompson country, or is that top secret still? No, 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 that's fine. Um, we, well, now it's so, not. You just told the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're I was going to mention that to you before the show. Um, yeah. About two years ago, we realized, so we, we've done apps for campgrounds for uh, four years now. And about two years ago, we realized that a town is just a really big campground or vice versa. Yeah. Campground's a really small town. And so uh, we didn't know what was going on in our town, so we made an app for our town. And so uh, about six months ago, another town came to us and asked us for an eat, shop, play type app. And so while our focus is still on campgrounds, uh, we kind of <clears throat> have another person working on sales uh, to do the eat, shop, play type apps. And so um, one of our, uh, we have quite a, not quite a few, we have a few in the pipeline right now. And one of them is Rocky Mountain House, uh, Alberta. And so they're gonna put out an app pretty soon called um, Discover David Thompson Trails. And it is basically a way for them to advertise um, all of the people in the local community uh, so as people are coming for vacationing, they have a quick and easy way to see the kind of the hot things to do um, right through there through an app. List all of the events out, so everything's in one location for visitors or residents. And this yeah. connection was made through the Canadian Outdoor Hospitality Conference and Expo. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were uh, we were actually uh, attending that, and we met Johan, and uh, and he said, "Well, I think this would actually be really good for our town." And so uh, he said, do you do that? Well, we actually just started. So it kind of worked out pretty good. Uh, and I think for him, it, it's great because, uh, you know, one of the things that um, certain levels of businesses we get to do is be able to send push notifications to their customers. And so it allows him to still communicate directly with his customers without necessarily having to go out and build a full app himself. Yeah, it's and he. I mean, he's very uh, invested in the tourism success of the region where he operates his mm -hmm. business. Uh, it's a high priority for him. Um, he's very actively, you know, works closely with the other campground owners in his area and uh, does a lot of unique, cool stuff to um, just make the community more vibrant and and more of a kind of destination. I really mm -hmm. admire that about him. So. Um, he he's done some fabulous work there, so I was excited to hear. So when does it is it live yet? When does it go live? It is not. Uh, it's getting pretty close. They're working on some uh, communication out to the local businesses uh, in terms of like uh, how they're going to be listed and um, different levels of of uh, availability inside the app. So I'm not positive when I would expect it to be in the next month or so, um, but I'm just not positive. So. Yeah. Uh, the ball's kind of in, in their court right now, but uh, no, they've been, uh, Johan's been great to work with and uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, uh, who has taken the project on from him, has also been really great to work with, so. Good, and, yeah, uh, it's a beautiful a area of our, our country, of our province. Um, it's kind of, we're consistently working to, we, we have a couple of incredible national parks here in Alberta. And so tourists and, and folks tend to flock, really flock to those areas. And we're seeing huge population uh, uh, influxes at certain times of the year. So it's really important, I think, and vital that we are, you know, diverting some of that traffic to other spots that are arguably just as, if not more beautiful um, and, and maybe less traffic, right? At, at this time, so I uh, I appreciate uh, the efforts of all involved there. Thank you. Yeah, as we went through their businesses, I think uh, campgrounds might have been the one with the longest list of, uh, <laughs> of businesses in the inside the app. So uh, there's yeah. a lot of campgrounds in that area. There's a ton of a campgrounds. Lot. It's it's you know deeply forested, beautiful kind of. Uh, natural place to to go experience alberta so um yeah hopefully i'm happy to hear we'll be hopefully driving more traffic there once once the world is more normal normal well, i think What's there's that? something to be said for curating kind of the guest experience in your area too right yeah. i mean aoa's got an, an app ryan i know um i haven't been i haven't used it in a couple of years probably but i think there's probably some some usefulness there to the, the sheets that you're handing out across the counter to what you're telling people is a local restaurant that has good pizza to whatever, uh, not necessarily controlling the experience, but shaping it, right? Well, those things directly impact their perception of their trip and their time with you. Um, and, and also, you know, vitally, offer vital support to the local businesses in your area to keep them flourishing as well. All of those things are so intertwined. 
What do you What do you guys do at Petoskey, Ryan, to help people find stuff in the area? Um, so, you know, we've tried, we've done so many different. Uh, you know, the app is kind of cool. You can add like things to do in the area, and um, you know, with all of our vacation rentals, we've kind of. Um, so they call it in K way. It's called deluxe cabins or whatever. But we wanted to kind of get into. Um, like packets where they they step in kind of like the hotels do where you open a book and like here's the the 19 really cool things you got to do in the area and then here's a couple cool restaurants and i recommend ordering this and uh, so what we really you know it seems like it every year is so different and like people don't really want to talk anymore and you know it used to be when they come in the office like I used to make our entire staff go and we'd eat at a restaurant like and check this place out. Like when someone comes in and says, you know, what's the best fish in town? Uh, you know, I don't want them to say, uh, you know, the fish, the McFish down the road is super <laughs> convenient. Like let's send them to the local place that like, man, this is like, no one knows about this place. And um, it's super cool off the beaten path. And, and like, that's what the guest is going to remember. Like if you can step in and, and they meet, a staff member who actually cares about them and you know spending a lot more time with them getting the people that aren't at your cap campground is a little bit trickier we we use email blast a lot so we use uh, constant contact um you know i think sun has their own constant contact team um kway is kind of like the um the the stepchild for sun communities i think most of their properties are are sun based with sun programs with ncr and camp spot and and KOA is the only one that uses K2. And so we're kind of on our own uh, when it comes to uh, how we want to market, which has been awesome because I, I have lots of ideas and a lot of stuff that actually I used to do with you, Brian, that I'm like, man, this transfers over so well. And, you know, Facebook and Instagram, and you get so many, you know, so much for nothing. It's like, man, this is right. a great platform to use. Um, and like once the guest checks in, you can actually send them push notifications. So if they give you email addresses through K2, you can actually push push notification them like, hey, we're doing bingo at seven. Um, here's a, you know, it used to be come to our building, but now it's, you know, here's a login to a Zoom call. So you can right. do it on your trailer or like we're doing a nature walk, carry around with your tablet and, um, you know, and, and, and you know, it's just a, it's, it's a tweaking of everything to make it work with the new COVID world, so. Mm -hmm. We should probably have a show on that sometime, Kara, just talking about the new ways people have innovated. Because it's been a year, right? I think we talked about that briefly last year, like we how did, yeah. activities. But I think now that people are a year in, I think there's probably a lot of good examples. Of yeah, if we only had a guy that needed apps and stuff like that, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could probably find somebody like that. Yeah, yeah there's got to be somebody. Yeah. Well, to, to that vein, actually, going back to uh, kind of Canada and uh, Ontario, so mm -hmm. we do the camp on mobile app and uh one of the things that we've been busy doing the past month has been uh we offered every single one of the association um access to a contact tracing form inside the app it's not contact tracing and knowing where people are going and doing why not joe they're required well, yeah to creepy with this if we want to uh they're required to fill out a form when they enter any of the ontario campgrounds um you know when they're done with this uh, kind of lockdown. But um, once they're done with that, they're going to need to fill out this form. And if they, you know, answer yes to any of these questions, they're not allowed to check in. Uh, so there's a screening portion and a contact tracing portion for the campground to hold. And so, you know, it wasn't too hard for us to just to go and make the change to say, okay, well, we'll just offer this to all of the campgrounds that want it so they can manage that digitally as opposed to doing it via pencil and paper, which is what the, you know, other, um, you know, 200 are going to end up doing. So, uh, we've been busy actually setting campgrounds up with that. Um, we get a few every day. So yeah, I had to do that at a restaurant I ate at last week. So I had to fill out the form or whatever. So yep. I think it's yep. pretty common, but, but there's ways probably you could automate that process, right? Like if you yeah. get rejected, send them a coupon two days later for 20% off to come back in 14 days. So. Mm -hmm. All kinds of weird place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it sounds silly, but right, yeah. you still want no, that enjoyable, yeah. and they're probably a little upset with you because they couldn't go camping. So, yeah. give them something. Coupons valid starting in two weeks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they've probably gone to the park down the street that didn't make them fill out that thing. But there's always hope. So. 
well but the, on the uh, on the other hand you know we do have a ton of consumers who are really valuing these businesses that are taking those steps to stay yeah. safe and 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 for as many that might go to the park down the other road, I think there's going to be equally as many who are more willing to support you because you're being uh, responsible and cognizant of how serious things are. Yeah, yeah that, that is like a huge, uh, so like all of our staged photos that we have, that we do for websites, and stuff, not one of them, we don't have any of people wearing masks. And it's like, it almost makes sense to bring people in to reshoot photos for mass because that's you know people you post photos nowadays of people you know super close together and the next 26 comments are all about they're not social and like well this was taken okay yeah five years ago right yeah. 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 Party or whatever no yeah yeah it is it's a unique dynamic i know we're kind of facing that too as we kind of enter camping season and we're hoping to do some some big you know celebratory kind of nationwide uh events and you know, in certain parts of the country, that would still be possible, and in others, it's not. And so that's a, it's a tough thing to kind of navigate and tightrope walk because, mm -hmm. yeah, that perception from consumers that, you know, you're disobeying or, or being flagrant about any expectations is, can be really damaging. It's a huge concern for sure, and and you know, you have to kind of take that messaging maybe more local and and less you know all-encompassing for the the entire country and have to get creative about that but yeah it's it's tough to be to balance all, all the expectations all the time have you have you casey you obviously talked to a lot more campground owners than maybe some of us do have you heard any feedback on what people are doing or not doing in that regard or yeah, I mean, this sign up on it. We've you know we've seen some stuff obviously with a lot of the you know, um, and again a lot of it's you know a lot of it's by state area, right? I mean, yeah. so Michigan, we're in Michigan. Michigan still, you know, heavily you know to some extent regulated as as much as any really state is, um, and so there's different. Um, I think there's there's just different mindsets where you know you go to you know go to Florida and it's basically. This is normal, right? yeah. so wherever you're, you know, wherever you're kind of whatever that's that state and wherever that state is in, um, you know, to some extent of, of their cases and stuff like that kind of helps determine that. I, I think people have gotten creative with stuff, you know, I mean, you still have like your little tractor rides and maybe you're just not packing people into, you know, multiple different families into the, you know, the little <laughs> shuttle things that they got or you're keeping, you know, you can be somewhat smart with it where you, you know, you're just you know, less can be more, right? You can just do that many more rides or you do that many more mm -hmm. events with it's just people giving them the opportunity to still do those things, but do it in a safe, safe manner. So, um, which isn't a bad thing anyway. So maybe sometimes re rethink some of these, you know, you're putting 45 kids on a, the back of a truck or something like that. And right. around. Um, you know, so, I mean, from what we've seen, it has an effect. I mean, I, I everyone would agree with this. I mean, the things that you do at your park help the experience for the kids, you know, for them to want to go back. Um, but overall, camping in itself, in its just purest form, has been has been so so popular. Just outside, yeah. and especially you know, in the Midwest right now, with the weather starting to get better, you're just anxious to get outside. You're just anxious to do anything outside. So, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that potentially an event for the kids might be not going on that weekend. I think is just getting overlooked because people are just happy to be outside doing right, something yeah. as opposed to be inside um, right. without things to do. So I think you're going to get some grace on your events, you know, this season still more um, because just because people are so excited to get outside, you know, and that many more people are trying to camp right now. So some of that's easy, right? Like, I mean, the shift toward the, the, consumer awareness, right? So you can put a website policy up, you can talk about it on the phone, you can you know, message people in an app or something like that. And some of it though, like Ryan was talking about, is a little bit more difficult, like the photography. So at what point, and maybe it has happened already, or is, is there a shift to where you're saying that this is gonna be around long enough, it's worth me investing a couple thousand dollars in a photographer or a videographer to come out and reshoot all this stuff? Or what's the sense there? Yeah, no, I mean, that's an interesting one to, you know, reshoot things with, with people with a mask on just so people feel like that's what's what's happening there. Because depending on what event you're doing, if you're sitting at your campground, you're at a campsite, I don't think you're expected to have a mask on, right? Because well, you're, but, well, but it's not just a mask, right? It's like the pool parties, like the social yeah. distance activities. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, we've added, I mean, we did this last year right in the beginning, but we added an additional policy, a specific COVID policy that, mm -hmm. that campgrounds could use that, you know, is separate from their, their standard terms and conditions and everything like that. So parks that wanted to make a big, you know, a, a statement. Yeah, a statement as far as on what they're doing in order to, um, you know, accommodate people um, properly. You know, they have the space and they have like the specific section to some extent to do that. That's separate from the, you know, sometimes long terms and conditions that, that go out. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's it's basically putting them in the park sand. I mean, yeah, you certainly could. I think the biggest thing is being being upfront with what you're doing. We went through some some talking points on this, but as a campground owner, it makes perfect sense to show and tell people what you're doing to to keep bathrooms clean and what you're doing to you know keep there's some type of distancing and, and sanitizing and things of that sort, just to add peace of mind to people that may be wondering. So the more forward you can be with some of that stuff of what you're doing, whether you know I care about it or not, the fact that you're doing it is what's relevant for the people that do care that you're doing it. So I think just some of the obvious things of saying you know, posting your cleaning schedules, posting, you know, the actions that your most likely campgrounds are taking anyways, but, yep. you know, making sure that anyone that goes to your site or, or goes to book understands what you're doing, I think makes a lot of sense. Some of what these policy you? changes are permanent too. <clears throat> We've had campgrounds yeah. that they decided, you know, um, that 20 people can be in the rec center at a time uh, last year, and they decided that 85 people can be in the pool at a time. Uh, we stayed at this campground before. It was actually the first campground we had as a customer, and their pool gets packed. And so before they knew whether they were going to have any uh, restrictions this year, and they probably won't have any restrictions this year, they've decided they're going to still do pool passes this year because it made the pool more enjoyable for everybody uh, when they you know, could come in in a staggered time and, and get their passes beforehand. What they've done in the off season was to streamline that process and make it easier as opposed to you know handing out tickets and stuff like that but um this way you know everyone gets to join the amenities a lot more and can actually swim in the pool rather than being stuck in, in one area of the pool because there's too yeah. many people to actually swim well and i think that goes back to the consumer experience stuff that you know they campers are valuing that stuff too they they don't care if there's a pool time limit if it means their time in the pool is more enjoyable while, while they get to uh be in it so it's kind of a win-win for everybody i think a lot of parks are really we, we've said this before on this show that they were almost kind of forced to change stuff that they didn't that didn't feel broken um and and realized you know it the, it benefited from those changes and mm -hmm. um i'm seeing i'm hearing tons of parks tell me that you know a lot of this the stuff they're gonna they're gonna keep up with which is interesting and and um you know one of the few rare positive things maybe to come out of all of this that's cool I, i'm really i'm i'm actually really excited to hear you guys talk about your pool policy is actually working because uh kava the the park i was working in california it was 120 and you're allowed 80 80 people in the pool at a time and i have never been called so many names <laughs> Good in my life so like here you guys like oh man they're great and we're gonna do it i'm like how like i that was my saturday from friday friday afternoon till sunday when everybody left i just went around like a pinata getting murdered so yeah. Uh, pass, pass whatever you guys got along that works. <laughs> well, in their in their particular case, they were a membership, so it was probably a little oh, bit gotcha. different. They were they were membership and ownership resort, so um, you know they have the same people every weekend. I mean, I get yeah. it. I'm showing up as a camper, you know, and I, you know, don't plan, and I just plan on going to right. as a pool or a water slide. We've had that happen a lot with hotels where we go to a certain resort because it has one little mini slide and we're like hey this is gonna be great for the kids and then you get there and shut down and you're you know you're pissed you're like what yeah. right yeah. the reason why we chose this this place as opposed to the 20 other places so that's a tough <clears throat> navigate even when we went right away down to we were in palm springs um and if you had like your toe in the water in the pool you didn't have to have a mask on as soon as your toe came out of the pool water then you had to have a mask on and so mm -hmm. like like the manager there was was cool, but it was you know very relevant saying i'm all i'm doing is telling people to put a mask on as soon as they take yeah. their feet out of the water um 
and we're like, can we just huddle around like the, the shallow area of the pool? Are we good there? If it's, you know, just our group, he's like, yeah, just make sure you keep your foot in the water and then, you know, we're good to go. Um, but wow. but that, it, it helped the trip for us because we're like, well, hey, at least, you know, we, can, we know what we can do. We know what we can't, as opposed mm-hmm. to, I know a lot of them are regulating when you can go in the pool or there's a bunch of them that they just still haven't opened the pools. I mean, tons mm-hmm. of the hotels, mm-hmm. they haven't even opened pools. So campgrounds <clears> at least that advantage right now because um, tons and tons of hotels have still just, they just haven't reopened their pools in general. They're just like, it's mm-hmm. just something they're, they're ready to deal with yet. Yeah. Well, there's all kinds of ways you can innovate too. Like I want to take a look at the, what Ryan's doing at his, at his park here in a second. Ryan, if you don't mind sharing your photos in a second. But if you just throw money at the problem, it works, right? Like imagine Ryan. So when we were, I don't know if your pool has it, Ryan, but I remember when I was a kid, they used to have the, the rope that used to hang between the three-foot area and the deep end, right? So if you just put a butler there and make a little VIP area where people can upgrade their pool pass for 50 bucks, and then it's totally spaced out, and they get to go in whenever they want, and people just look at them like they're jealous. The red velvet that's, rope that's in the pool. Even, yeah. That idea is crazy. We we tried that. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> we tried everything. You you hired a pool butler. We had, that- we had the bistro. We had the bistro right next. Like Kava is this. Uh, it's Sun's first ground up build, and so they just they spared no expense, and so they have like this enormous bar, and we we put out a couple bartenders. And like, yeah, like, let's try and make this experience something incredible. And like, oh, and people were like, I paid for a, a executive site, you know, $189 a night. This pool's mine. And you're like, it is wow. for exactly one hour and 20 minutes. And then we have to pull everybody out and re-sanitize all the furniture. And then you can't swim for the rest of the day because we have 380 sites. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So hopefully they made big steps forward because uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Just throw money at it. Throw. <laughs> well, you can. I don't know. Build another pool. So Ryan, what's happening in your park? You're doing renovations. What? What's? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, some of this stuff because it's a good conversation to have about glamping and the way that the industry has kind of been pushed forward a little bit with with COVID. I think so. Do you yeah. mind sharing that? Sure. Right, yeah, so, Kia Way is uh, we're knee deep in, into a um, basically doubling the size of the property. So um, you know, and a lot of the pictures I'm showing you is not the expansion portion. This is existing property that we've um, decided to upgrade. So a lot of like Sun. For those who don't know, Sun is a, a large corporation who is out buying properties right now, and and basically they're getting much heavier into the RV industry. Um, and so this is something I remember when they bought the property two and a half years ago, we kind of walked around with all the executives and like, man, this is what I would do. This is what I would do. And they've decided to do it all at the exact same time. So, um, the projects are enormous. Um, so we had some pretty cabins on property. Um, I stayed in them. What was the first year I was there? 2013. Uh, I'll show you. So we, um, basically we had a bunch of cabins that looked just like, um, like this, um, and they were beautiful. And basically, people, the son decided, like, nope, we're gonna throw all those away. So we had them hauled out and added on um, these, um, sorry, ridiculous, ridiculously beautiful deluxe RV spaces. And and mm-hmm. so you know these kind of sites here, um, they have. Um, you know, it took probably 20,000 to get the ground to a point where it could hold these. Um, but you know, it took, we took seven sites that you could not back an RV into if you had to, um, and turned them into probably one of our most high producing spaces, um, with these tiny homes and, and, you know, they call them vacation rentals. There's, it's a tiny home. I mean, it is. It is nicer. The finishings on the inside are nicer than my house. Um, you know, the the patio sets that we ordered for them are top of the line. The Anirondack chairs are all made out of recycled walrus tusks or something. I have like, <laughs> what? Wow. recycled. <laughs> Wait, this is How do you recycle a wall. Like I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's we're like gonna have to do a show on that. <laughs> 
it's 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 through a company called Duragreen, and it's it's. Um, I actually met with the the owner once. Um, it's a lady in Kentucky, I think, and she, like, it's recycled water bottles, or it, like it's something to save the planet. And I'm like, I mean, they cost their their. I think if the patio sets are sixteen, eighteen hundred dollars. Um, but it feels like you're saving the environment when you buy them. So it's like, okay, well, that's cool. And we won't have to build up, buy them again because they're built like tanks. Um, but basically we have, so we have um, 29 of these on their way. Um, so the, the original eight are here and then the, the, the next 20 are on their way. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a process and a half. Um, you know, our park is, is not huge. Um, it's, I think right now it's, um, about 208 sites and it's going to be double the size um by july by july 4th is what they're saying um, there's so much, much in there right now though yeah how much is it is like one of these a night they're about 280 a night nice. that's awesome and the 20 additional that you've ordered how long ago did you have to order them for them to come in time how long ago, um, when did you start supplying that's another fun, you know, I'm sure Casey knows Sun Communities has kind of got, um, they've got their hands <laughs> everywhere. And so, they, yeah, they, they are, they got placeholders with um, Skyline Homes, which is the company right. that we use. And so basically, I think we're ordering, it's like 800 and something units for the Sun properties everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a placeholder and that's the only way it's getting done, but they're running into shortages now in refrigerators and stoves, just like everybody else. So, yeah. uh, you know, time frames are, are more comical now than, than realistic. So it's, it's one of those, I hope we can get it when we get it, but, yeah. uh, you know, I'll just be happy when it shows up, uh, to be honest with you. Cause I mean, price pricing <clears throat> of expansions and electrical wire and everything has gone up so much that it's, yeah. Uh, I'm glad it's not my park. So, yeah. yeah, I was talking with General Coach Canada. They do uh, park model builds, and and uh, their order timeline is uh, <coughs> earliest you can get a unit now is 2024. Oh my word! So, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you're planning a big project, get your orders in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's yeah. tough because there's so much demand for them, but then, you know, just wood and supplies, that stuff is so expensive yeah. right now, but there's just such demand. Um, yeah. It's like you have to try in some capacity to, to capitalize on if you can just find the materials. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. really want to like, and I know this is a geeky thing that people think isn't going to happen like in the <clears> near term, <throat> but I, I really want to talk to somebody in 3D printing because they've done houses, like full huge mm -hmm. houses. They've done villages in Mexico. Like, I feel like this is the next thing for accommodations like, what Ryan added and stuff like that because you don't have to ship them. I mean, they, obviously, we're going to have to have them on wheels in some capacity to, to keep with the, the tax discounts and stuff like that. But uh, I feel like this is going to maybe push forward a little bit faster to alleviate some of these shortages and higher prices if they continue because you can make them out of different materials, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, innovation is probably necessary and valuable considering we're ordering out to 2024 already. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's one of those dynamics, I think, I say all the time, where we're kind of forced to do cool, unique, different stuff. Because So maybe we'll see it. Maybe maybe someone will start a 3D printing. Oh, they will. Yeah, a company yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, they will. Or one of the people will expand and, and offer that as a division or whatever. That's, an app, that's a new app for you, Joe. Like, there's all <laughs> yeah, kinds yeah. of apps for campers to find, like, last-minute RV sites, but there's no apps for campground owners to find like here's last minute manufacturing capability i'll leave so. that to your app development skills yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Joe's> busy. <laughs> he's got enough going on so what else we got what else is in the news here um i saw this morning the cyber truck thing have you guys seen this uh, it was on Woodalls this morning. Uh, add-on reports 50 million dollars in pre-orders for this cyber truck rv thing have you guys actually Already? seen it yeah, have you seen what this thing seen it. Like? All right, check this out. I actually have a video in here we're going to try to play. Let's see if we can check this out.
That's not a Tesla? That's so that's I think it's an add-on to Tesla's cyber truck. Like right, I think right. it's a modification that you can well will be able to purchase when everything comes out. I don't think the cyber truck's out yet. Yeah, but, so that's what is gonna be my question is I've been hearing about this cyber truck for three or four years now. Where is it? <laughs> well, they had to fix the window thing. Make oh, sure they no. didn't break with the sledgehammer. <laughs> I just talked to Elon, they're coming soon. They're on the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, next time I need I mean, an update, I'll reach out, Casey. <laughs> it's got to be getting close, right? I mean, they, for fifty million dollars in pre-orders. Now, to be fair, I don't know. I didn't read the whole article. Maybe it didn't or didn't say. I don't know how much each individual one costs. But you would assume that's still a significant volume of, even if it's ten thousand dollars for the add-on, right? That's a significant volume of pre-orders that they've hit with people who are obviously interested in the outdoors. Like it's a cool gadget thing, but yeah. I mean. As much as I love the outdoors, I'd still rather be in a tent than something that frame. But, well, well, in either case, like it doesn't look like it's made by Tesla itself. So uh, even if no. the pre-orders they're on, they're kind of it's kind of required that Tesla's going to end up producing these at some point in time. <laughs> yeah, but it's still. I mean, I think I think it's just one more thing that's indicative of the demand for the outdoors throughout the pan through the pandemic and everything else, right? There's this such an expansion in the market. Yeah, like I think our demographics are really broadening. Um, we're just seeing more, you know, that's not appealing to your typical camper maybe, but obviously there's there's demand for it. And it's a, you know, I think that speaks to folks that maybe didn't camp in the past, really uh, obviously considering it. So <laughs> we'll see. Can't wait Ryan, to see one. Ryan, you saying one of these things? No, I as soon as I saw the video, I'm like, that's gonna be the guy who's like, I am a Tesla diehard fan, and yeah, I love that. And they're gonna get in there and put their suitcase on the table and be like, huh, What am I doing? I don't. <laughs> and, this is like, square feet. Then that's an upsell, right? If you see they're coming in a cyber truck or whatever, you just send the automated email an hour after check-in. Would you like to upgrade to a deluxe cabin? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. People are going to be pulling something behind that cyber truck, so they'll probably be fine. But then you can't, I mean, you can't, it, the mileage goes. That I actually looked into it. So if you hitch a trailer up to a any like type of Tesla, the mileage goes from like four hundred to it, it's less than eighty miles. You can go less than eighty miles behind yeah. an electric. Well, I, electric I would trailer. imagine. I mean, a couple things here, right? I would imagine the cyber truck's going to have a better battery than a regular Tesla. Uh, yes, there's just like gas mileage would go down if you're towing something. I think electric would go down, but I also think like we're still very early in battery innovation for these things too. Yeah. So, uh, especially if the whole top is all solar. I mean, that'll be something too that they haven't done with the cars yet. So, yeah. Do you guys get yeah. here? Do you get a lot of the like vans, like the out in Canada, the um, what do they call those? Like the the guys with the big quad wheels on the vans and the Outlander sites. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's as as popular up here, but I, we do see, funnily enough, I mean, obviously this pre-pandemic, but at my park, I used to uh, specifically work with uh, several European travel companies, and uh, I used to have folks ship over their, uh, their European RVs, their Unimogs and stuff, uh, and, and come stay with me. So, I mean, those are some cool units. I think you know, we're, there's lots of technical capabilities happening there while while still like being rugged and a lot less like futuristic looking. Um, so, but I guess, again, that's a demographics thing. But yeah, that, I mean, I think folks who invest that kind of money in an RV like that do it for the, the experience. They, they're happy to pay the money and ship it over. And then, you know, I had a, a customer who actually came to me a few times stayed with me a few times over a period of two years but was just like going all over north and south america here so it's mm. fascinating what a life i think there's a lot of ways you can research and just make your camping experience better right and i was thinking like maybe we should highlight some gear on the show kara just for campers but also that yeah. people could, could sell in their stores um maybe that would enhance the experience so we used to do this like long before i did marketing for campgrounds well a couple of years before i did that we used to do, do videos on tourism attractions, hotels, stuff like that. We also used to do gear reviews. So they would send us mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff in the mail that had to do with camping and outdoors. And, you know, yeah. I got free shoes and hammocks and all kinds of cooking supplies and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but some we, of it was really cool. 
Yeah, we work with a couple of great companies up, uh, here in Canada, uh, Venture Outfitters. They've got tons of really unique, cool gear options, both for campers, but but specifically are working. Uh, they've got this great like rentals program, so they do all kinds of e-bikes and you know paddle boards and all this cool stuff that campgrounds can uh, uh, utilize for rentals. So definitely, I'm game. Saw the uh, the, the Wisconsin trade show. They had a couple of the e-bikes there. Mm -hmm. and I'm more campgrounds are going to start pushing those for um, for add-ons, just because yeah. again, add-ons have exploded. Obviously, as far as people wanting to add to their camping experience with whenever any way possible, whether it's like a portable hot tub or mm -hmm. you know just all sorts of stuff, golf cart. But the the if you have like biking trails. Um, I ended up actually, I ended up buying two. They, someone came in and bought the guy's entire booth at the show with every item in it, except for the two bikes. And I was oh, like, wow. yeah, really good deal on these bikes. You can, <laughs> you can go on with, you know, with nothing and, and selling everything. So I ended up getting these bikes and they're great. They're big fat tire um, yeah. e bikes. They go like maybe 35 or 40 miles. Mm -hmm. Then of course you can just use it as a regular bike if you need to afterwards. But, um, to rent those out on a daily um, basis, I could see you making some really good, good margin on those. Um, for sure. As an add-on. Well, that's yeah. the thing. There's a lot of room for innovation in the industry, right? And so you look at, like, I was, I started clicking on some of this gear video on Facebook, and then obviously, like, Facebook starts showing me gear ads like every other second. <laughs> know what I want now. Um, but, but that's some of the ways that these park owners can innovate right i mean like we've got this covid situation we're dealing with and you take like pavilions for example right and i'll show you a video of something i have here in a second talk about pavilions like there's there's some states that you can still gather and all that kind of stuff and you're going to do that and maybe you're still within your household or whatever but um it, i think it's a revenue opportunity for maybe rethinking that experience so look at this and obviously i know you don't want guests doing this on their own or at least that's the feedback <laughs> that i've seen from park owners but i feel like if you turn this into a community, no, I mean, it's, it's, you'll see what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I bet. But I feel like it's an opportunity for them to make more money if they pivot it. So check this out. What do we mean by the go anywhere, do anything canopy? We mean a three minute setup, solo. We mean an ultra portable shade canopy that fits in a backpack that's less than half the weight of metal canopies. We mean a truly portable experience. Meet Aerie, an inflatable canopy that sets up in just three minutes. Aerie blocks 98% of UVA and UVB rays, has a zippable sidewall, and is water resistant. The aerodynamic shape and ground stakes even helps shelter you in windy conditions. Airy is lightweight, packs quick, and is effective against the elements. Everywhere. Where will you go? With Airy. The go anywhere, do anything canopy. I feel like one wind gust and that thing's going to be. <laughs> well, for me, right? But, but here's what I'm saying, right? Like, you hear a lot of the campground owners who say, like, no, there's no way I'm letting a guest put one of those up on their site. It's all kinds of. But if you turn it into a rental, where yeah. people could, your staff could come and set it up. That's a money-making opportunity for a yeah. family to have a shade experience or a small gathering or a birthday party or whatever. Yeah. We, is that uh, feasible, Ryan, Kara? Kara's gone to camp around the past? I mean, is that something that is, am I wrong or? No, I, you know, I think um, there's, I thought it was going to be worse, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can get it. I can get it there. Like, I can go look for more videos. Like, Give them ten more minutes. Yeah, uh, we've talked about being, you know, bringing bears into your park and all kinds of things. So I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. I mean, it's an attraction. I don't know what to tell you. People will flock to the campground. Um, yeah, I mean, for for me in my park, canopies and things like that were more of a hurdle, specific to things like grass maintenance and you know making sure the the grass underneath the canopy doesn't die because they stay they're staying for two weeks or whatever right so it's less about that stuff but certainly i think you know there's definitely ways to be creative about about it and and if you're kind of controlling when when it's set up and and those kinds of things that potentially right. and if they're willing to pay a hundred to two hundred dollars for a pavilion why wouldn't they pay 50 for an hour or two with this thing on their site 
So what we found is instead of trying to do that on sites, you actually do it at the pool and you build gazebos and you can actually rent gazebo space at the pool. And that seems to rent a lot easier and you can make it more permanent and it's on concrete. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd go gazebos on RV sites, but I would, I would for sure do yeah. it at the pool. So yeah, no, and it's not, you don't have shade or whatnot. I could see it, especially if it's like a hot, hot day and you see mm -hmm. someone else that one out that's you know chilling with a mai tai in the shade imagine the new builds like there's all these new developments coming that had that don't have the trees full grown yet right mm -hmm. so in certain places i don't know or any well, place in arizona yeah i was gonna say there's lots of places just where the landscape even here in alberta like if you go out to a campground in the prairies like there's no trees here <laughs> Like you, you need to bring some shade with you. That's because it's not a, a thing. It's not a thing that works for all parks, and I'm not saying that, but it's right. just, it's one example of ways that maybe you pivot and innovate, pandemic mm -hmm. or not, that you can make extra ancillary income. And there's nothing wrong with put more money in your pocket, Absolutely. especially when you're helping yeah. people have an experience they want. So, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, totally. All right, well, we're almost up on our hour here. Uh, anybody else have anything to add that we didn't? Cover or that was in the news that they want to talk about real quick or i would just parlay what you just said i mean the add-on revenue right now is is through the roof so if you're not <clears> doing <throat> something if you can't invest in a cabin right now because you can't get them for seven years <laughs> invest, invest into some unique ideas for for add-ons mm -hmm. you know take take some risk there um because again a lot of people new campers are looking for whatever you have that's available you know and they'll try it once and especially if you have a transient spots where people are going to try once, whether that, you know, you can upgrade your fireplaces, you can put little grill covers on fireplaces. There's all these different things you can do to just add to this new camping experience for a lot of people. And mm -hmm. if you don't offer something, then they're not going to pick, you're not going to buy it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And if you're in a, if you're in a, like a touristy area and you don't want to take on the, uh, the risk of purchasing a bunch, try to partner with one of the local, vendors you know there's a we have a lot of campgrounds that partner with local canoe rentals or local um bike rental shops that will go ahead and deliver it on site mm -hmm. and then the campground can just get a small cut of the uh the rental fee yeah so no, that reduces agree. your liability too i think right partnering with the outside i would imagine so yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah ryan you got anything else before we leave you've been conspicuously silent Throughout this whole thing with your banter, so race it. Kind of day one, you don't want to get kicked out of group on day one. <laughs> He's raining it in. He's holding yeah. it back until number three. <laughs> so what's, what's next for Potosky then? Close this out, Ryan. What's next for? I mean, obviously you're putting these cabins in all that kind of stuff. What is the end game here at Potosky? I think uh, that's. Uh, non-disclosed information but i know we're, oh, going, okay. we're going uh we're going pretty high it's not into public company so you got to be careful what you say but i know <laughs> I, I don't even think i'm actually allowed technically to be on these uh but great like it's well, uh, good. we'll have to have you back next week then until you get yeah. in trouble <laughs> just wait for my phone to ring so it'll be it'll be good uh, but no i think we're going super high end so you know bocce ball courts and tennis courts and everything here so it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be a park to come see someday um but i know you're you're in an undisclosed place too so i don't know how far of a drive it is from wherever you're at but well i don't have bocce ball pits so i feel like that's worth taking the drive wherever I'm. yeah <laughs> well, we're, supposed to, we're supposed to be driving through that area ourselves in uh october or no september so we might have to nice. stop by Look at it. Well, yeah. now's your opportunity to ask for a comp site, Joe. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Live in front of lots of I'll refrain. <laughs> Things are getting right, blurry well, on my side. Sorry, guys. I don't know what's happening. No, you're good. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. I appreciate it. Casey, you got to hook me up with somebody from Northgate. We want to talk about Camp Finfo on the show. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. I think that's an interesting conversation. Sure. Yeah, I want to check it out for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, Casey, Joe, as always, good to have a nice open discussion with the news, Kara, uh, yeah. you know, every week. Um, anybody? Um, yeah, but we'll see you. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Have a great, great week, day. guys. Yes. Bye.